My name is Jim Harris. I'm Phil Rizzo. And we are on a road trip podcast for this one. Uh, as you know, we go around throughout the country. We have a lot of different products and uh, classes that we have. We have all of the promotional products, obviously, but we also have um, a lot of different specialty classes. And one of the ones that I really love to do is Command Series 1, and that deals with developing first-line supervisors. So Phil and I, uh, you want to tell them where we're at this time? We're in Hobbs, New Mexico, in Lee County, New Mexico, uh, about 10 miles away from the Texas border. Uh, we have... Are we even that far? I don't even think we're that far. Ten miles, I said. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go take. I want to go put one foot in Texas and one foot in New Mexico and take a picture. Yeah, like we we used to be able to do it when we were kids in Canada and <laughs> the United States before it got all crazy. I know. But we're in Hobbs, New Mexico, and we're being sponsored by Hobbs PD. Uh, great host to us. Uh, really great room, and uh, we we have a, a lot of officers from some different agencies here in New Mexico, as well as Texas. We had some, some officers travel four or five hours to come take our class. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's good. So it's, it's the end of day two of this class. And uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time is, it, is the same circus, different clowns. No matter where we go throughout the United States, we've taught in, uh, online or in person in 24 different states now. And we all have the same people. We all have the same problems. And no matter where we go, we, it's, we always joke about it, but <laughs> we really do have the same issues. But if you were to pick the number one item out of all of the items that are coming up in these classes, because one of the things we do, we ask about what issues you're having. What do you believe is the number one item that every officer has, or every officer, every class that we teach, no matter if it's Idaho, New Mexico, uh, New Jersey, Maryland, what, what is the one issue they have? It, it really has to be morale. Uh, it's one of those items that it's difficult to measure. It's difficult to pinpoint what effects it has on the agency and what effects the agency has on it. And it just affects every individual officer differently because you could go into an agency and have several officers that have very high morale and a portion of officers who have very low morale. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. You know what is funny about what you just said is that perspective matters. And you might have an officer who's having an amazing career, and for him, the morale of the agency, he might perceive it to be high, and then you might have an officer who's not so happy with the agency, in that same agency believes that morale is low. But... Overall, in every class, what are people saying? That the morale of their officers is varying and that it's difficult to maintain an overall high-level morale in every agency. Uh, so far, we've really only heard of, I've only heard of one in all the classes that I've taught where they said morale is great, our retention is great, everything is great, uh, and, and that's from numerous officers in the class. Really? Only one. Every, every other place, you'll, you'll hear some people say morale is horrible. You'll have some people say morale is great. Uh, this week was the first time I heard somebody that had multiple people in the class say morale is, is phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. Now, did they say why morale is amazing in that class? 
Well, it is a smaller agency. Uh, there were only, I believe, uh, under 15 officers in the agency, which makes that a little easier to manage. Uh, but they, they actually had pinpointed it down to the chief and the local government were very supportive of them. And they felt that everything they did, uh, they were supported in. Uh, they, they had some good good perks in their contract. They, they actually said, uh, the, one, the one officer had said, that she took a pay cut to go to this agency, but the perks that went along with it were were much greater than the pay cut, and her well-being to her and her family have, have outweighed the, the cut in pay. Smaller agency, easy to manage, but one of the biggest things that hits on this is with what you just said is that the chief and the committee are supportive of each other. Yes, and that's that's hard because if you have, you could have a command staff and a chief that are very supportive of their officers, but if they don't feel that the city or township committee is supportive of them, that could have effect on morale. Likewise, you, you could have a city committee that is very dedicated to its police department, but if they feel that there's issues with their command staff, the officers feel there's an issue with the command staff, that can affect morale. One of the biggest things that we teach in the class, and we'll bring it up here, is what we call fractured leadership. So when the workforce looks up at its leadership, it takes a look to see, am I on the right team? Because nobody wants to be a part of a shitty organization. People want to be part of something that's great. People want to be part of something that they know is going to be moving forward into the future and they want to they really want to be part of something great so when you have leadership at the top that is stable and working together that creates stability at the people below and they look up and go okay everything up, up top is working fine i know i'm safe and when you have fractured leadership which means that your your command staff doesn't get along your your one of the biggest things is lieutenant of investigations doesn't get along with the lieutenant of patrol, whatever it is, when there's fractured leadership and they look up and the, the workforce looks up and sees that if, if these people aren't even getting wrong, if these people don't even, aren't moving forward, they feel unstable. So having at the very top of the organization, having the governing body and the command staff working together to move towards the future, that is so essential in morale. But let's let's be honest. You could have the governing body that's doing everything right and supporting its police department. You could have the command staff that's doing everything right and supporting its police department. But let's be frank. It's a difficult time to be a police officer in, in this day and age. Uh, and there are a lot of situations that law enforcement feel that are, are outside of their local community that are affecting morale nationwide. It could. It could. But, so, but what's the first step in, what's the first step of improving morale? What's the first step in even mean even that agency that has good morale, maintaining morale. Yeah, I think that, that you're you have to get not only your command staff and your government on the same page, but really let's let's be quite frank, the f most important part of this whole equation are your first-line supervisors. If yeah. your first-line supervisors aren't on board, then the, 
the, the first line supervisors, the sergeants, the corporals, depending on what you know what size agency you're in, what what kind of agency you're in. Um, it's very important because they see the officers day to day. They're with the officers day to day. Doesn't matter if it's a small agency or you, you look at an NYPD, what 35, 40,000 strong. To to a patrolman in the NYPD, the sergeant is the agency. Mm -hmm. They don't see anyone above that. They might see a lieutenant in the station house, but for the most part, the sergeants are their life. The sergeants are their the sergeants are their image of the agency and. The, the sergeants do have the most effect on the morale of the agency. Um, all right, bringing up that point, we know LEO Radio, we know that governing bodies aren't listening to us. And let's be honest, there's very few command staff that might listen to us other than our past students. And uh, Throughout the country, we have, we have assisted many different organizations, and we have a lot of command staff officers throughout the country. But the most people that are going to listen to this is your first-line supervisors, your line officers. They're going to be listening to this for the aspect of morale. So what impact do they particularly have on morale? And I say everyone has an impact on morale. I agree. Uh, I'm simply saying that the, the sergeant, and I say this during, during our, our command series one, that the sergeant is really one of the most, if not the most, integral part of the agency. Um, simply because they're the shock absorbers. You have the lieutenants and the captains pushing policy down. You have patrol officers pushing concerns up. And that sergeant is a shock absorber that has to manage both sides, burn the candle at both ends, so to speak. And it's, it's a delicate balance. And it's difficult. It's a difficult position to be in. It is. I, I agree. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just, I personally, I think everyone has an aspect of morale that they need to be worried about. If, for example, and we'll talk about first line supervisors in, in a second, because I, I do agree with you. Like, first line supervisors, everyone is responsible for the morale of the people under them. You have no control as a first line supervisor. You have no control of what's happening above you. You can pass things up. You can, uh, if anybody has a concern or uh, uh, something that they want fixed, you can pass that up. But you have no control over the, what happens in the organization. You have direct control over the lives of the people that you lead. And if you just try to make their lives a little bit better, just a little bit better every day, Correct. that you walk in the room... And you're like, how can I help you? How can I do, what can I do for you? If you're not self-centered and you look to how you can help the people you lead to make their work lives better, I think you will slightly increase morale. Oh, you're absolutely correct. I also think that if the officers don't project the negativity that the media is portraying, project the negativity that uh, they, they might be feeling every day, you go into work with you know, a crap attitude, oh, yeah. um, you're going to you're gonna have that, for, for lack of better terms, Pygmalion effect that, that you're going to have a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if you walk around saying, this place sucks, this place sucks, <laughs> eventually the place is going to suck because yeah. it's just, it, it, you're going to have that negative effect on, on everybody. It, it's the old, the old adage of, 
you know, the, the, the boyfriend and girlfriend of, are you cheating on me, are you cheating on me, are you cheating on me? And eventually one of them says, well, if you're going to accuse me of cheating on you every day, I might as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's just that self-fulfilling prophe- prophecy. Nah, I agree. The, uh, we say this all the time. It's like, I want to jump back real quick to the, to the actual officers. Because we said, we're going to talk about the first-line supervisor and how pivotal it is. But the actual aspect of the individual officers, like you were just saying with the Pygmalion effect, if the individual officer keeps considering this place sucks, this place sucks, this place sucks, the place is going to suck. This place sucks. What are you doing to increase morale? Everyone is responsible for morale in, the, in their area of concern. Their area of concern is considered to be them and anyone below them. Now, as an officer, you're only responsible for yourself. So if morale sucks, what are you personally doing, it, doing for yourself? No, you have no control over anything above you. You only control your environment. How can you make your life work life better? How, you know, what are you doing to make the, the place better? Are you positive when you walk in? Or are you always going to be negative? And don't get me wrong. I, I have been there where the government, and when I say the government, I don't mean local governments. I mean the, the, the government as a whole as far as, the, the media, you know, and, yeah. and national on the national stage has made it that it's difficult to go to work every day. It is. I, I mean, and it is. I, I get it. I've been there. And it's it's one of those things where you, you, you have to look at, is this something that I want to, I've dedicated my life to, and and I'm going to make the best of what I have for the 25 to 30 years that I have to do. And in other states, you know, we in New Jersey have to only do 25 or 30 years, but we're meeting people out here in New Mexico that, and, and other part, portions of the state that have to do well more than that. Oh, yeah. Might have the rule of 85 right. or whatever it might be. But we all get into this to help people. So there's, you know, when you go out and you're serving people as, as an officer on the street, what are you doing to make the lives of somebody else better? And when, when you help, man... That feeling when you help that, that child or that kid or the old old man or old woman, you and you make a positive difference in their life, those are the things you remember. Right. Yeah, we remember the bad things. We remember those critical incidents. But, I, you know, you remember some of the really good stuff. Yeah, I agree. And it's if we have to remember why we got into the job. Yeah. And I, I really firmly believe that while we, we all joke that the canned answer on a police entrance exam or police entrance interview is, I want to help people, there, there's much more to it than that. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I think one of the, the best answers I ever got to that was an individual who I was helping get ready for an exam, and her, her dad was a police officer as well. And I asked her, why do you want to be a police officer? And she said, I saw the impact that my dad made every day on people's lives. And I want to make an impact. I want to make my impact. And I thought that was pretty poignant in the fact that she saw the impact her dad made, but she didn't want to make his impact. She didn't want to make, you know, her brothers in law enforcement as well. And she didn't want to make his impact. She wanted to make her own impact. And I really think that that's what people get into it for. When, when I started... My grandfather told me, do something that, that's meaningful. Do something that 
is is worthwhile and 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 that you're going to feel like you did something at the end of the day. And he, you know, I've I've really just come into this that if I can change just one person's life, if I can change that trajectory of one person, then I'm I'm doing something right. And fortunately, I've I've been able to to change the trajectory of several people. Uh, you know, when you have when you have a, a a woman who has a heart attack at a shop right and you're able to use an AED and shock her back to life so that she can spend the next Thanksgiving with her family, that's amazing. That's changing the trajectory of many lives. Right. And police officers, I think, we have to realize that despite the fact that the media might be portraying us in a negative light, but despite the fact that you feel that you're down and out and morale is horrible agency doesn't support it right stop stop for a second and just look at every officer who puts on that uniform every day is changing the the trajectory of somebody's life yeah what kind of positive impact and and again for the positive yeah and it's it's when you look at it in that light it's it's pretty damn amazing you know there's going to be negative times don't get me wrong but you you need to outweigh that you have to you have to make a positive impact. Been, I, I have I have been on the job since 1995, or you know, with law enforcement experience, several different agencies. And have there been bad times? Absolutely. But from the time where you find the lost kid at a fair to the time you're able to save a life, I've, I've been fortunate enough to deliver babies. I've I've changed the trajectory of several people's lives. Yeah. And and that's in addition to being fortunate enough to be able to help students get promoted and, or yeah, yeah. or or help them with these classes that that they're able to learn a technique or two that helps them in their in their job function as a supervisor. It, it's just you have to try and not buy into the negative every day yeah. and see what's positive. All right, so let's let's switch our focus to the first-line supervisor because the person who has the greatest impact on working on morale is going to be the first-line supervisor. And right. one of the biggest things I think about is... When we talk about why is morale low in all of our classes, the items that come up throughout the country, and this is a standard thing throughout the country, is people are like, the, the uh, I, uh, above me, they don't support what we do. Um, uh, we we have bad cars. They, we need more equipment, and they're they're focusing on things that they don't control. Right. So when we talk about how you can impact your like morale of the squad, and and when we say impact morale, we we talk about how do we impact the the, the morale of the squad. We talk about what can you control. And you can just try to make the people's lives who affect who you're affecting better. And instead of focusing above you and aside from you of, of the things you don't control, focus on the, you know, it's different every agency. Some people have two people they supervise. Some people have five to ten to ten. Some people have 20 people they supervise. But focus on those, those people directly under you. And walk in and say, how can I make these people's lives better? And unfortunately, though, just to kind of counterpoint what you're saying, there are plenty of times when you talk about the cars, when you talk about the facilities, 
it's hard to go into work with a positive light every day when every one of your cars has 150,000 miles on it and a rotted out floorboard. Absolutely. It's hard to have a positive morale when you go to a building and, and you know, the bathroom, the plumbing in the bathroom facilities don't work. I 100% agree. It, 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 and, and in that, that situation, I understand you can't affect it, right. but it also makes it damn near impossible to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and make a positive imp- impact on no, somebody's no, life. No, I'm not saying that. This, what I'm saying is, is everybody has a responsibility from the officer at the, at the line level all the way to the top of the governing body. Everybody has a role and responsibility to affect the morale of the people underneath them. Correct. And if your job is you are the commander in charge of administration, whether it be deputy chief or a captain or a lieutenant, someplace as a sergeant, if you are in charge of facility management, you are directly affecting the morale of your people because you're not fucking doing your job. But with that being said, there are plenty of times when you have the, you you are the facilities manager. You're doing everything you can, and the the governing the governing body isn't doing what they need to do. The governing body isn't fixing the roof leaks. The governing body isn't putting and. And, he, and his responsibility isn't to fix that issue up and around. If the governing body's not doing their job, who isn't doing their job? The chief of police. And it goes right to him. Yeah, his, job is to, his job is to work with government. So if, you're, if your governing body's not doing it, it might be that. It might be that. And if it, it might be, but it might not be. And if it's not, then what, what is the chief doing? You better work with those voting pools and say, we're not getting what we need. Put the pressure on the politicians. Because ultimately, the chief is supposed to be helping the resources down. The governing body should be doing that, but if they're not, if the governing body isn't upholding their end of the law, or I don't say law, bargain. bargain, if they're not upholding their end of the bargain, then the chief of police, he is the political entity that needs to go out to the community and say, hey, community, we, we need this stuff. And they're not giving it to us. So let's get rid of them, and let's get somebody in who will give it to us. So it's a political entity, and that, that's at the very top. Everybody has a role in morale. Unfortunately, what the chief of police does, they don't worry about morale. Morale is something at the bottom. I don't agree with that. I think the chiefs, I think that, that there are, and again, not every chief. Not that, every that's chief. a blanket chief. Yeah, you're right. Like I, that, right. I retract it. Because there are plenty of chiefs <laughs> and plenty of, plenty of public safety directors out there that are are 100% concerned with the, the morale of their agency sure. and and have the best interests of their officers at heart and go out there and 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 are champions for their officers every day and a politician is is not necessarily looking to to, to make waves with that no, so, I, I agree. Again, this is this but is community specific it is but that's where if if you're you know, we're spent way sparring off for the first one Super Bowl. Correct. Because if, if at the very top of the organization, because, because if the you're reality, not getting it, you have to go to those voting pools. But we're, we're sparring off the first line supervisor because even though the first line supervisor has, can, can be a champion for the agency and a cheerleader for the agency and, and point out all the good things, as a sergeant, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. When, when, when you're, Dealing with the same things that your patrol officers are dealing with yeah. day in and day out, and, and and I go back to my original statement of it's hard to go to work every day when you know it's 102 degrees out and two of your cars have air conditioning. Right. Yeah. So, 
what are your, what are your first line supervisors going to do? I think your first line supervisors have to do the best they can to understand that they, they are affecting morale and they have the greatest effect on morale. And, you know, we've always made the joke of heavy is the head that wears the crown. But I think that their crown might be a little bit bigger than the lieutenants, the captains, the chiefs. Oh, yeah, because they're hearing it. They can't, they, you know, they, they're hearing it from both sides. Yeah. But they got to be, they always have to stay positive because nobody wants to walk in to roll call every day knowing that conditions are bad. We right. know conditions are bad, but we don't want to walk into roll call and be faced with the leader who is defeated. We want to be faced with the leader who, listen, guys, I know it's rough right now, but we're going to get through this. We're going to work through it. I'm going to show my age on this one, and uh, we showed a clip this morning from Hill Street Blues, and that sergeant in Hill Street Blues, who every every time he would give his briefing and he was, you know, salty and gruff, but it was always, and let's be safe out there. Let's be careful out there. That's what it was. Let's be careful out there. And and no matter what, it was his briefings were positive. No matter yeah. what. Always, always that they got a positive. He, you know, we, we can't affect the certain things that we can't. I will, as a first line supervisor, I will bring your concerns up the chain. The lieutenant must bring those concerns up, and it, we have to keep bringing those concerns up. But at the end of the day, the the, the, the sergeant who's facing our people has to stay positive. Even in the rough times. Absolutely. Because when people are looking at them, they have to have faith in, I I can look at my sergeant, I have faith in you, you're going to bring us through this. Yeah. They, yeah. Nobody wants to look at a, a thing and be like, all right, guys, with another crappy day in, in the hood, let's, uh, you know, let's see what we can, let's see, hopefully we'll get through this one. Nobody wants to be part of that instability. No. Instability creates... Animosity and, and morale—it's you know morale and esprit de corps is so delicate, and it's 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 almost like a bad chemical equation that you know one little drop of something different could you know, what what is it you know one where they say something about submarines with that one drop of bleach in in the fresh fresh water supply of a submarine contaminates all of it. I heard that. Um, or something along those lines. I, you know, I can't really say. You were a Navy guy. I was a Navy guy, <laughs> but you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to contaminate a whole pool. Yeah. And and we all know that there are agencies that have one or two bad apples that can contaminate the entire agency. Absolutely. Morale, you know, morale, you know, negative morale, and morale killers are like a cancer. Yeah. And they spread quickly. Well, they spread quickly. But they don't change to the positive quickly at all. A lot of people like <laughs> a lot of people come to our classes and like, all right, how are we going to fix morale? And they think it's like, okay, we're going to give you this little secret tip. You walk into your agency, you do it, and then the light switch goes on, and automatically morale's high. Woo-hoo! But morale is a cultural change. I, I mean, you know, you hate to you hate to put it to you know the whole thing of cancer, but it it is just like cancer. Yeah. I mean. Cancer, you get cancer, and and it's going to take a while to cure. It's not just, it's but, not just overnight. So it's but, but the thing the is, same if, thing. if you, if, I, you know, I, I hate to go on to this cancer aspect. Yes. Of it. I, yeah. But if you get the cancer of poor morale, and you don't take any action, any proactive action, it just spreads and spreads. Right. And in the cancer of morale, 
it's like one of those things where it's like it's not like you just go in and remove it. It's a long right. process to get through it. Look, let's and again, I hate to go back to like you're saying, hate to go to the, to the analogy, but even with actual cancer, you remove it. There's still treatments that need to be done to ensure that it's yeah. and it's weeks and weeks and weeks of sometimes months, months, years, and it's years. So and so, it takes a long time to remove it, and morale is one of those things. And then once you get there, like you said, the agency that's there, once you have it. It's right. hard to keep it. Right. So what are you doing to sustain high morale? Let's just say this. No agency, even if you think you have good morale, no agency has perfect morale. You no, have not. to work at it. Because someone's always going to say that their collective bargaining agreement could be better. Someone's always going to say... For those who have collective bargaining agreements, because right. some of our listeners don't. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, if you, if you have a CBA, some are going to say... Um, you know, I have this, I have that, you know, the, the perks we get, I, I mean, think about it. We were here in New Mexico today and talking to the officers, it's pretty much a state standard here that every police officer gets a take home car. Hmm. And that's, that's throughout the country. A lot of states have that. Yeah. So a lot of it is probably. But then you go, you go to the Northeast. That's not very common at all. No, no, not at all. And, and. When, when you think about it, imagine, especially with gas prices being the way they are, yeah. how would that for, affect morale that if the if department said, hey, you know what, we're giving you a take-home car? I mean, but, but, and I'm not saying that, that that's, <laughs> but, but yeah. those, are, those are perks that, that some people have, some people don't. But you, you, you remember the perks are money and equipment and cars. They're short-term entities for morale. Like, you know, a lot of new chiefs, a new chief will come into play, and the governing body gives them a ton of money. They're like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. And you see a morale boost. But what happens is the morale boost goes up because they're getting new things. Right. Because the chief did his but job. But short term. But it's but short, short term. term. Because if you're not going to maintain the people, if you're not going to try to, to work at how can I make the lives of my people good, Look, how can I train them better? How can I develop them for what they want to do in this career? How can I gear them towards their futures? At the end of the 25, 30, 35-year career, where do they want to be? And I'm not helping them get there. Then I'm not helping them in their individual morale. Correct. And again, if you're, if you're talking about a 10-man agency, that might be easier to do than in a 150- or 200-man agency. But the issue comes that in that 10-man agency, there might not be the opportunity that's there. Absolutely. So so that person who might want to be a sergeant or might want to be a detective or might want you work in a smaller agency, you might not have that. Yeah. But you also have the opportunity in a smaller agency to specialize with, or not, you know, not necessarily specialize, but you get more training on being well-rounded because, because you might not have detectives, so... You might get trained in investigative techniques. Sure. So there's there's other there's every agency has its benefits. It really, it I think it circles back to the individual officer of you know what, how are you going to look at it? Are you going to look at your career as positive? Are you going to look at the fact that you know you you have a job that is you know and and, and a career that is is supporting your family and and able to provide for your family. Um, 
albeit a very stressful one, albeit one that, you know, you, you put yourself in harm's way every single day. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as I'm coming towards the end of my career, I, I look at it and, I, and, you know, by the grace of God, I've, I've, I've gotten, you know, I'm almost to the end. I, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is, is very bright and it's right there. Um, but you look at it and there were a lot of hurdles. Yeah. There were a lot of things that went on that, you know, it made it crazy. So bring, bring it around. If we had to say, how can any individual in the organization, how can you directly impact increasing morale in the organization? Your attitude, 100%. There's no, there's no, there's no even discussion about it. It's attitude. If, if you, you know, if you have a positive attitude, then, then you're gonna, you're going to project positivity. If you come out and you're negative, you're gonna project negativity. Absolutely. I mean, let's go back to our, our being, our childhood, and and look at, you know, Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> You know, you had Eeyore. It's like, why bother? And he's followed around by 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 this this cloud. Do you want Do you want a, a, a supervisor who is the why bother guy? Right. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. You know, but then you had you had Piglet who was bouncing all over the place, and and you know Winnie the Pooh who you know had a had a decent outlook on everything, and that's what that's what you're kind of looking for that decent outlook. And, and again, you, you I I don't want to be in a you you don't want to look at it and not be a realist. You have to be a realist in the fact of, yes, I under and, and as a sergeant, that message you should be putting out there every day is, yes, I understand it's tough. Yes, it's it's hard right now, but guess what? We're all in it together. Yeah. And we get through it together. It's it goes back to when when you know we are a family, and when a family is in crisis, how do they get through it? They get through it together. They don't get through it by separating themselves from each other. They don't get you know by isolating themselves and by arguing and getting angry. They they get through it by coming together. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to is the morale of the agency is, is going to be what it's going to be. But you have to, I think every single person has to do their part by staying as positive as they can. And I understand that it's hard. Yeah. I understand that when you go in and your assigned car, you know, has no radio and, uh, you know, radio as far as listening to, to the radio and you know has 150,000 miles on it and the floorboards are the floorboards are are rotting out and and I understand that's hard to do it's it's hard to go into that every day but you have to try and you have to try and find the positive and it's hard sometimes i get that i get that all right so individually positive outlook as a leader you must have a positive outlook mm-hmm. and then don't worry about what's above you, what's happening above you. You pass that stuff up above you, but you can only impact the lives of the people below you. If you, as a leader, focus on the people just underneath you and try to make their lives better, that will become contagious and that positivity will hopefully spread. And it's, this is not a sprint. This is a long Marathon. No, this career is a marathon. The law, law enforcement in itself is not. Yeah, and, and again, I look back at it. And I had a chief who told me your career is not a sprint; it's a marathon. Yeah. And I, you know, it was it was it was one of those things of after a promotional exam, you realize, okay, I got 25 years of this. 
And at, at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you look and, and uh, you know, do, do you have regrets about your career? Do you, did you do everything you could? And, and look, I made lots of mistakes along the way. We all did. We all did. Um, and, and you try not to dwell on that. You try to dwell on what you did that was positive. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, what, what we need to do. You're, you, as a command level officer, you need to do everything you can to try and affect the morale positively and do what you can to make things better for your people. Yeah. Uh, and again, sometimes that doesn't always happen. Even to your best of your abilities, you're doing your job. But your people will see you're trying. Right. That's the key. You're always positive. You're always trying. And that is going to spark the change in morale in the organization. It's not a light switch. It's not going to happen now. But because of what they see you do, they're learning about leadership from you. And if you're always positive, if you're always trying to make things better, they'll always try to make things better. They'll try to. And you're not going to win the hearts and minds of everyone. Don't get me wrong. Right. You're going to have that, that guy. You know, we all have that guy. You'll have that guy who will, will fight you tooth and nail. And we're not worried about that guy. I worry about the future leaders of our profession. Well, I, you, you, I think you do have to worry about that guy a little bit because that... Oh, we're that, spurring into a whole different topic. <laughs> you have to worry about that guy a little bit because, you know, that, that individual could, if, especially the if they cancer. have a platform, but they have a voice, yeah. they, they, they are the cancer. Yeah. So you have to... Well, that's a whole different conversation. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But, it, you know, you, you can't say you don't worry about it because you have to worry about uh, yeah. it. But, you know, and, and, I know, I know. I get and it's, it's difficult. I think I think your best leaders have a short shelf life because they worry a lot and they put a lot on their shoulders and it's it, you can't maintain that for a long period of time. Yeah, you really can't. I mean, it's it's one of those things of that level of stress to maintain for that long. Yeah. Um, you know, I I look at the, the some of the chiefs and 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 they've they're 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 phenomenal people. Some of the chiefs that get promoted early in their career, and I, I, I really commend them on because I don't, I don't know how you, you're a chief for a decade or more and still maintain any semblance of sanity. You know why? Good, good people underneath them. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because sometimes the, the, those career chiefs or career command... They have good people underneath them making it work, making it happen. Right. And again, now we're spurring into a different topic. No, but I I, I think it's all, you know, it's one of those things that's all interrelated, you know. It's it's all interrelated. Um, I I think that, you know, morale, it's just, (laughs) you know, to to throw another analogy out there, it's like a pH level in a pool. You know, you have to to test it daily. You really do. (laughs) That's true. You have to check it daily. it, it, it's almost like it's almost like trust, you know. The, you know, trust is never it's never owned. Morale is never owned. It's rented, and the rent is due every single day. Yeah. It's just like trust. Sure. All right. So if we have to bring this to a wrap, let's say individuals. Attitude. Attitude. First line supervisors. Attitude. Attitude. <laughs> and do your job. Do right. your job. Give, give, have a positive attitude every day. Work for your people. Try to make their lives better. My thought, my thought and theory on this is 
You only affect the morale of the people underneath you. You can't worry about everybody else. It, it, once you get your morale to a perfect point of the people of your squad, then you might be able to worry about others. But right now, you should only worry about your people. Okay. I can see that. And at every level. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that that's actually um, a pretty pretty positive way to look at it. That you know, and I would actually go so far as to you know as you know your FDOs have have a positive morale. You know, could could affect the morale of their their trainees. Your unions, if you're unionized, could have an effect on the morale. Yeah. If they're they're constantly spewing a bad a bad message about management about the, yeah the fight between management and labor if you're always fighting if you're always fighting a fight what are you doing to positively affect morale or are you constantly being divisive i think that there's you know that everybody everybody has their their part to play and and we have to realize that we're 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 cogs in a bigger machine all right, I think we'll talk about that, a lot of the other things that we brought up. Yeah. <laughs> we spread it to a lot of different topics we, that did. we can talk about later on. All right, well, that will bring us to the end of this segment. And I would really just like to add and, and, and really thank everyone who's listening to us uh, because I would say that if you're listening to us, there's a 99.9% .9 chance that you are a current or past law enforcement officer. And with that being said, uh, I commend you for being my brother and my sister, and uh, I thank you for, for protecting your community and protecting my family uh, and protecting each other every day. I, I can't say enough that um, this blue family is a real thing. Absolutely. And um, we have to have each other's backs because we don't always know that everybody else does. So, and, um, and if you're listening to a podcast about morale then you want to increase morale. So. Right. So, so again, I know that it doesn't. you don't necessarily hear it enough, but thank you. And, and I just, to, to close out, share on a quick story, we, we were, you know, here in, in New Mexico, and we happened to strike up a conversation with an individual who um, was an oil field worker. And we were talking, and, and we talked for probably about 45 minutes, and unbeknownst to us, he had paid for our check. And when it all came down to it, he said, you guys are out there every day trying to do for us, and you're getting a bad rap. So remember, people out there love us. People out there, there are people out there that love us. There are people out there that, that are supportive of you, and don't let the negativity get you down. Absolutely. All right, that'll bring us to the end of the segment. Uh, please reach out to us if you have any uh, questions, comments, or concerns, and you want to talk to us about promotions or any of our specialty classes, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the J. Harris Academy of Police Training. J. Harris Academy of Police Training is based in New Jersey and provides law enforcement training services nationwide for promotional examinations, use of force, supervisory development, and other key areas within law enforcement. This podcast is utilized to discuss key topics occurring within the profession. 
The opinions and information provided is for entertainment purposes only. In an effort to provide this, we often purposely discuss opposite views and opinions to spark conversation and develop discussion points. The contents of the show and show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if the J. Harris Academy of Police Training is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is redistributed. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast or blog. Under no circumstances shall the J. Harris Academy of Police Training, any guests, contributors to the podcast or blog, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of the company be responsible for damages arising from the use of the information provided.